Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 104 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, and sitting in the chair just to my left is my co-host. Please allow me to introduce the one, the only, Miss Eden Gray. Hi. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy, happy Star Wars Day. It's Saturday. (laughs) It's Star Wars Day. It's the most exciting day of the week. (laughs) I'm really excited about today because we're going to be talking about all kinds of crazy news and something unexpected. You know, we didn't really know what we were going to talk about this week and it just popped into our heads. We know what we're going to talk about. What are we talking about today? We're watching Caravan of Courage. And we haven't watched it yet. So, it's we're, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, we're not going to sit here and make <laughs> you guys sit through this movie with us. Hopefully, you've already done yeah, that no. before. You know, done your homework and showed up for class. This is going to be fun today. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about the news today. And then we're going to take a break because we got a little extra time today. Then we're going to go watch the movie. And then we're going to come back and talk about it. I'm, I'm excited to, to watch it again and then talk about it real fresh because it's my, it's my earliest Star Wars memory is this movie, I think. And it, I, I didn't know it at the time. At the time, I thought that the scenes that I remembered in my head were like from one of the original Star Wars three movies. Mm-hmm. And, and then I rewatched them all later growing up. And I'm like, but where is that part with the cave and the thing and the... Ewoks, like, oh, that was a totally different movie. I had no idea. There were no Ewoks in Ewok Adventure is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were plenty of them. No, I'm excited about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. But we got a lot of news to cover. But before we do that, let's do this like we always do. Let's talk about our weeks in Star Wars. I want I want you to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, because I got you something really cool. This is really cool. Yeah. Okay, so Eden got me a gift this week, guys. And I'm really excited about this. It was your this. birthday. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. I know you weren't, silly. All right, all right. So my birthday was recent, and Eden got me a gift, and it is really, 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 really cool. Um, She knows that I like Wookiees. I like Wookiees, and my favorite Star Wars character is Chewbacca. So she got me this sweet hat. He likes to wear hats. I do. I wear hats a lot. This hat has... You would call this a Japanese silk screen style art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, silk wall, tapestry, classic style with like a little modern twist. So, yeah, you got Mount Fuji in the back there, but it's not Mount Fuji because Chewbacca is sitting there chilling out on a rock <laughs> with one, two, three, four porgs. Mm-hmm. And it's Japanese silk screen style artwork. It is absolutely so gorgeous. And... In golden embroidery, it says Chewbacca in katakana, which is, if you don't know, uh, the Japanese writing style for foreign words. Mm -hmm. So there's no Japanese way to say Chewbacca, (laughs) (laughs) but this is the way. This is how it's done. And it is freaking beautiful. It's really soft around the back. It's primarily brown. Um, Also got some olive in there, leather strap. And, you know, I got a fairly large head, so <laughs> she, she's like, oh, this is not going to fit. This fits me. And so she, she, uh, she got it straightened out for me. And somehow 
managed to get it on the exact spot of the adjustment. Like, oh, yeah. I adjusted it perfectly. I just know. I'm, all, just, I'm just that good. All I had to do was pop it on my head, yeah. and, and it was just beautiful. So thank you so much You're for welcome. this hat. Um, guys, I'm I, can, gonna, I got it at GameStop, so we can put the link in, or you guys can search on the GameStop website. Yeah, we'll find, we'll find a picture of it, put mm-hmm. it in the show notes, or just show up on, uh, it'll show up on JT Comlink's Twitter feed. So here's the other thing. I got another, as Eden would call it, a birthday gift. That's exactly what it was. From our good friend who's not with us today, Mr. Rick Villanueva. And I don't want to talk about it until he's here. <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about it until he's here because... Sure. It's super special. Mm-hmm. It's super awesome. And I want him to get the live reaction from me um, so he can know just how sincerely appreciative I am of this of this gift. Mm-hmm. So you gotta wait another week, buddy. You got you got my text, but I can't I there's only so many exclamation points I can put <laughs> into a text or in a Twitter post. And uh yeah, so guys, look forward to that. It's super cool. But that's my week in mm-hmm. Star Wars. What about you, Eden? Um, I haven't been doing much Star Wars, watching much, playing much. Nope. I've uh, got the new Story of Seasons, um, Pioneers of Allotown game. So I'm obsessed. I love Harvest Moon games and it's a classic Harvest Moon game. So yeah, Star Wars has taken a bit of a backseat. But I did get this wonderful gift. And no, it's not my birthday. I work for an eye doctor, and she goes to Eastern Kentucky and sees patients two days a week. And one of the amazing ladies out there makes um, crafts that she sells. And it's a handmade and painted birdhouse with a Mandalorian theme. Like, it looks like you turned the razor crest into a birdhouse so it's really cute but also like really sci-fi and i love it so much it's really awesome the lady said i want to make you a birdhouse dr costa and she said okay how about a star wars themed one because she knows i like star wars and then this is what i got there's a mando on the side and there's grogu on the other side and a one-eyed frog and the painting is beautiful and it's so cool so yeah i'm really happy (laughs) I'm looking at this thing and I got to say the the artistic rendition of these two characters mm-hmm. is stunning. Yeah, it's really good. It's really well done. Yeah. Like I couldn't even come close to painting that. It is gorgeous, guys. No, like the detail on the Mandalorian's helmet and the shading, like I don't know how she did that. <laughs> it's so good. And there's a mythosaur flag in the front as well. Yeah. And she can do all kinds of stuff. I saw uh, she did a custom soccer field-based one um, for one of Dr. Costa's soccer mom friends. And she's making me like a Kentucky-themed one for my mom. And yeah, so she takes orders. I already already sold a pre-order of one another one of these Mandalorian ones to one of our patients because uh, it's so awesome. So we'll, we'll post some pictures. And if I guess if anybody wants to order one, I can I can facilitate that you can just request whatever characters you want. Just send me a message or an email or something. Yeah, hit up the Twitter for JT Comlink or are you back on Twitter? Um. I, oh yeah. Just just for now. Just requesting. Um. If anyone knows where I can get any merch with the "I will not defer" quote from Padme, I've got a pin from Star Wars Celebration that. People were handing out pins all the time, just free pins everywhere, and it was really amazing. And that's all I have, just the one thing. And I couldn't find anything else anywhere on the internet with that quote. Why? This is a travesty. Like, So you guys can find her at Eden Jean Grey. Um, those, that'll also be in the show notes. But while it's fresh, while we're still talking about it, send a message, a direct message to her for I guess, that. If you I, want a birdhouse. I guess I'll post a picture of it on my Twitter, and people will see it like, hey, Eden Grey posted after a while. And it'll be a picture of this sweet razor crest birdhouse. It is so damn cool. Yeah. I have I have a question though. It, it's something that you could put like just in your like Star Wars collection displays or put outside. Are are we gonna use it for its proper use? It's yeah. a birdhouse. Can we put it outside and let let birds build nests inside of it, uh, please? Yeah. Cause it's awesome and it's gonna be <laughs> the coolest house for all the birds that currently live in our giant bush right now. Yeah, they do live in the giant bush out front of our uh house and i see them every time i go up and down the stairs to go to work and to come home and now they can live in this yeah very exciting so hit us up guys hit us up 
Anything else throughout your week or just story of seasons in the birdhouse? That's it. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, guys, we got a lot to talk about today. We don't know how long all this is going to take, so we're going to get right into the news this week. It is motherfucking War of the Bounty Hunters week, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about this. And what that means for comic fans and maybe future comic fans mm-hmm. is that StarWars.com is releasing a variant cover by Giuseppe Comuncoli or Comuncoli. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm totally butchering that name. Uh, but so is it far because it's French. Shoot, is it? I don't know. I I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're making it worse, Eden. Uh, but so far across all of the Star Wars Marvel titles, we've seen portraits of Shelley Afra, Baylert Valance from Bounty Hunters, uh, Leia, Darth Vader, Boba Fett. <laughs> And I don't know if you saw this, Eden, but there is a hilarious portrait of Jabba the Hutt in that article. Oh, my God. It it looks like whenever you, um, you're you on your phone and you accidentally turn on the camera, mm-hmm. and you see yourself from like a really unflattering angle, like double chins to the max. Mm-hmm. It is just... I think I saw like a thumbnail of it. It's like, oh yeah, it's Jabba. He's drooling out the side of his <laughs> mouth. He's he's now Eden's famous for the side eye, but now Jabba the Hutt is famous for his side eye. <laughs> he just looks so uncomfortable and messy. Uh, it's you guys got to check this out. But in more Bounty Hunter Week news, Steve McNiven, the artist of Alpha Number One, that's the one-shot prelude to this whole thing, is interviewed about his fandom and what it's like doing his first work for Star Wars, which is crazy to me because I've been a big fan of him since the new Avengers back in the early 2000s. Hmm. But the coolest thing about this article, which will be in the show notes, is that he shares images from his personal archives. They're like real rough sketches that from a distance may look like complete scribbled garbage honestly but they turn into like really beautiful refined pieces of artwork yeah he said like these aren't really these are literally not meant for anyone but me so normally no one sees these so it's just like how to get your ideas out on paper and and then it turns into that really awesome cover yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful, guys, if you haven't seen it or are not familiar with Steve McNiven. Like, this is a good time for you guys to get into comics, uh, Star Wars comics, if you haven't. Because, it, I, you know, I can understand. Like, in the first series of the Star Wars main title, there were 75 issues. It's like, oh, issue 48 is on the wall. But what about the first 47 issues? I've mm-hmm. missed so much story. This is a new story arc, guys. So, but there already have been some Bounty Hunter comics, right? Yeah. So where do you you start with this one? You start with the other ones? It doesn't matter. I don't think this is going to matter because this is going to be kind of Boba Fett-centric a little bit. Maybe not all of them. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding that Han Solo, Boba Fett has Han Solo. Everybody's trying to get Han Solo and Carbonite. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. That's an easy story for for Star Wars fans of of all makes and shapes and sizes. Yeah. So you start with Bounty Hunter Alpha number one. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one thing that he did confirm about this, just to add to my Steve McNiven fandom, honestly, it really adds to my respect for him as a comic artist. It's about his drawing style in the current modern era of comic creation. Uh, He admits to using digital methods, but only for the initial layout and design. But then he reverts back to pen and paper for the final work, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, To me, that's awesome as like a longtime comic fan. Um, I'm an admirer of comics from every decade that you can imagine, even to like what I just picked up on Wednesday. Um, No offense to digital artists, but it it doesn't detract or lessen the merit of your work. I love it so much in my comics and I see it every single week, but you can totally tell the difference, you know, and it's my preference as a reader. Um, So that's a that's pretty exciting for me as Mm -hmm. a fan. And guys, it's a pretty chunky article and it really dives into his creative process of a project that's like we said, is receiving a lot of hype at the moment. Yeah, like it is. StarWars.com says, it's Bounty Hunter Week. <laughs> like, literally, if you go right now, it's the first thing. It's even above all the High Republic stuff. Yeah. So if you're curious about War of the Bounty Hunters arc, that's going to be starting on May the 5th. Hmm. That's less than a month from now. Mm-hmm. So that's nothing. Yeah, that's exciting. Guys, I highly recommend you get into Star Wars comics. They are so entertaining. Yeah, it's a really good place to start. Yeah. 
So in other news, Rick sends me a picture from Ashley Eckstein's Instagram page. And I, I can't remember if it's a selfie or somebody taking a picture, but it's she's in a very similar situation to us. Microphone in her face. Mm-hmm. And she says, the caption says, I am recording um, audio for my good friend E.K. Johnston. Oh. Very exciting news. <gasps> so that means... That tells me Ahsoka is in Queen's Hope. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. So we are huge fans of E.K. Johnston's Padme novels. Yes. Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, and now Queen's Hope, which is due out, I believe it's November the 2nd. Oh, it can't come soon enough. I know. (gasps) Now we're going to have to get the audio version. Yes. I mean, we were going to get it anyways. Yeah, it's true. So that's exciting. Okay, so if she's going to be in the book... How is she going to be in the book? When? Okay, so my understanding of the story is that it's going to be in the Clone Wars era, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> but um, it's going to be, you know, have Anakin in the story as well. Mm-hmm. And But he's going to—he's not going to be taking over like Anakin always does. No, he's just, he's a side character. He's a love interest. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, Ahsoka is there. Like her and Padme team up a lot. Yeah. They 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 go on missions together. They have gone on secret missions that Anakin didn't know anything about. Um, it could be more of that. That would be great. I'm excited to see them get get into shenanigans. As am I. As am I. Yeah. So Eden, I got something that is going to be totally blowing your mind okay. when I when I share this with you. Something totally different. What's going on? So Rick sends me this this tweet from somebody called Carly Weisel. And I can't pronounce anybody's fucking name. I, I don't know. But <laughs> all caps, OMG, they made a real lightsaber, y'all. What the fuck? And then in her Patreon says, I saw a lightsaber. I'm not allowed to like show pictures of this, but Disney has made a lightsaber. Okay. So according to Disney? Yes. According to WDWNT.com, the worldwide leader in Disney Parks news, uh-huh. Disney has created a real Star Wars lightsaber for future theme park use. But it's Disney, so it's not actually going to hurt anybody. <laughs> it's not really real. You, want, you want all these kids to be chopping each other's arms off and stuff. Like, get the full experience of Star <sighs> Wars. You know? Yeah, I mean, when I was on that Jurassic Park ride, I almost got, like, singed. (laughs) Like, some of my hair burned off. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's fantastic, but, like, can I buy one? When can we buy one? Well, okay, so let's think about this. How how does it work? What, What does this make you think? Does it make you think it's plastic somehow? A working plastic lightsaber? Or is it a beam of light? What does this immediately make you think of? Because I, I went through a few, like, I started freaking out at first. I don't know. They've got, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm being real. I know you wanted me to be excited, but I'm being real skeptical. Oh, I didn't want you to be one way or the other. I, like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm excited or what, because I haven't fully wrapped my head around it yet. Like, you could be, it could be light, but it just goes on forever. So how do you end it? Exactly. So, so you have I, to have a cap on the end, but is it clear? How is it attached? How does it get out? How does it, is it pop out? Is there something in the center of the beam if it's a beam? Okay. So this is stuff that I've been thinking about my whole damn life. So I suspect it's some kind of retractable thing that just isn't like the plastic like we're used to. Maybe it's just like a filament, you know, like Mm. inside a light bulb or a wire or you but know, how does a, a series light- of, of wires covered in clear stuff or something, and then it it zoop out, you know, and then you retract it and it turns off. So you're saying it would be kind of like the toy telescoping lightsabers we had. Just something extremely so advanced. Many, there would be so many different layers of it that it would look smooth and not have the different layers of telescoping. Yeah, it would be toy. more like a string, like like a rope. So does that make any sense? Like a wire, a rope, a wire. <laughs> but what is it like a flexible to? filament inside a light bulb? But then you got Herbert's lightsaber from freaking Family Guy special flopping around. Mm, no, it's only flexible to go back into its con- into the hilt, and then it comes out and 
is solid in the lightsaber shape. So kind of like the finger trap puzzles that can... <laughs> what? You know what I'm what? talking about? Yeah, but what does that have to do with anything? Well, it, it contracts, but then... No, expands. more like a tent pole. A flexible tent pole <laughs> 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 made of a light filament. But then the edges wouldn't... Okay, see, this. these are conversations... And it's bright enough that you don't see the inside. You just see the, the light. So Josh Damaro closed out the event, and I'm continuing <laughs> this because, no, this is just I like, don't know. These I'm, are, I'm speculating, but also skeptical. These are conversations I've been having since I was a kid. Yeah, Things same. I have been thinking about. How do you stop? When's somebody going to make a, make a pod racer? Like, that's what I want. I want a hovering pod racer. Hold your horses. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> okay. But Josh Damaro closed out the event by taking out a hilt, and a blade came out of thin air, emulating a real lightsaber. He confirmed the authenticity himself by stating, it's real. So the article continues. It says, it's very well possible that this real lightsaber technology will be used at Disney parks in the future, with some people wondering if it will be utilized at the Star Cruiser Hotel, the uh, obviously the full, full immersive multi-day Star Wars adventure. There's another tweet. Um, people are freaking out. They're just saying, like, you know, did it, did it, how does the lightsaber come out? It rose... On its own, and people are like, "Is it plastic? What is it?" So I don't know. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it is. Every time I think that I have a grasp on what it is, I'm back to being mm. seven, seven years old again and not knowing yeah. at the at the beginning. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Like in Japan, I don't know. It always seems like, oh, this really cool thing would be so awesome to have, and then you know, you know, someone in another country invented it like decades ago and we just haven't really noticed because it wasn't made by Americans. <laughs> Not going to lie. So uh, I bet there's some kind of technology. That's what I'm trying to say is I bet there's some kind of technology that would be perfect for this. That's already been invented and widely used in some other application in an Asian country. And Americans have been in denial because they didn't make it themselves. And now they're like, Oh look, we did it. <laughs> Look at us. Here it is. And we're like, actually, yeah. So that's that's what I'm waiting to find out. You may be right. You may be wrong. Cynical, skeptical, and <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Speculative. <laughs> this is very exciting, though, but the thought of it is is also just kind of like, I'm not going to be able to hold this in my hands because it's going to be freaking $12,000. <laughs> yeah, that too. And that's just a ballpark. Yes. <sighs> I hope it's real. Because I'm in the market for a new chainsaw, <laughs> and I'd rather cut cut this shit down with a fucking lightsaber instead. Like that's what I would rather do. I I like to think that I would, but I no, I would just hurt myself. I don't have nearly enough training, and I'm far too clumsy to actually hold something like that. It could poke your eye Gotta out. Get my shit together. I could cut my own hand off. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally do that. I'm far too clumsy and uncoordinated. You know, on second thoughts, we're not getting one. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it for the news that we got this week. And um, yeah, War of the Bounty Hunter week. It's pretty exciting. But that lightsaber stuff, just I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, really. Uh, it just... Guys, if you have any thoughts or you have any more information that has come out about this, because there are obviously no pictures, no video, nothing, just firsthand accounts mm -hmm. of this stuff happening, hit us up mm -hmm. and let us know because we want to know. Just like every Star Wars fan wants to know, this is the most iconic sci-fi weapon ever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's it for the news. I mean, that could be the end of the show right there because I, 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 that's what I want. That's all I want from Star Wars. But... That's not all we're going to get today because we're going <laughs> to, after something so exciting, we're going to be talking about the Ewok adventure, the Caravan of Courage. And I'm Yay. very, I am actually pretty excited about this because <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw this movie. Me either. It's been several years, if not over a decade. For sure. Yeah. So what we're going to do, guys, we're going to put a pause on this recording. We're going to go back upstairs. We're going to fire up Disney Plus just like you should, and we're going to watch The Caravan of Courage, and then we're going to come back down here, and then we're going to talk shit about it. I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, I, it, we may like it. Like I said, it's been 10 years. It may be amazing. It may become my new favorite Star Wars movie. 
two hours later. Okay, Eden, you talk first. I talk first. I need a drink. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll go first, then. I can't believe I'm about to say this. You kind of liked it. That movie was an absolute delight. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, it was. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I think that that was a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon right there. It's a rainy day. And we got to watch the adventures of these delightful Ewoks. I loved the Ewoks. The whole Ewok family. I love them. I fucking hate that kid Mace. And I wish he was dead. I hate him. (laughs) He's so terrible. We all experience growth. That's the point of the story. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. Because, you know, he would still say, Oh, you stupid Ewoks. Oh, give that back. Oh, I hate you. Oh, get out of here. Kick one of them in their sleep. You know he's still going to be a complete asshole. Even though they like they saved I just I just he's terrible. I hate him. It just could we just have someone like mildly not as terrible in the movie. Just anyone but him. Goodness. That's a hell of a take. He kind of reminded me of a young Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. Just that that whining. Not so true. Yeah, but he had courage. He didn't do much of anything, and he was cutting down those Ewoks at every freaking turn, and constantly second guessing them and trying to run away. And it just he did so many stupid things, so many stupid things, and he said so many awful things about those Ewoks and did so many awful things to them, and they had to save him so many times. And if Deej had died, because they try to save that asshole's parents. I would have been so mad. I'd never watch another Ewok movie again. Speaking of Ewok death. Chuka troke, man. Yeah. I feel like that's the one thing that like, okay, that really changed Mace. Like he finally realized, oh, this is real. And you know, not just a silly game where I'm the main character. They were some, they became great friends though. With their axe-wielding, axe-throwing competitions. Mm-hmm. And, and he took the axe at the very end. And man, what a compelling story. I don't care what y'all say. I've been wrong all these years. <laughs> this was this movie. Oh. It was good. It was really good. Um, <laughs> I recognize it's not the best piece of cinema of no, all time. No, and I, I, I imagine it. it didn't have the greatest budget. And that they, they did their best with what they had. And I mean, Warwick Davis was amazing. He's, he's such a good Wicket. Like, Wicket is so recognizable and exactly the same throughout everything. So animated. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He's just so, he's just has a very unique personality that's very clear. It he, comes across throughout the whole thing. Yeah. He sure does lick those Ewok teeth a lot, though. I, I wonder <laughs> what that tastes like. If I ever get to meet Warwick Davis in person and I get to ask him a question, I'm going to be like, what did those Ewok teeth taste like? Because you were licking them like your favorite harmonica, buddy. Like that was <laughs> yuck. That tongue did show up quite a bit, but it was just part of his character. Like, I, it was, I like it. Yeah. I think it, I think it was something nice that, that was in the original yeah. trilogy and then he just continues it. It's like that's his continuation, part of the continuation of his character that I found really impressive. Um, Fun fact. All of the Ewoks actors in this Mm -hmm. movie were from Return of the Jedi. Everyone else was new because they did such a good job in ROTJ. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying here. Yes, all the Ewoks were amazing. The rest of the actors were complete trash. (laughs) (laughs) Starting with that kid, Mace. (laughs) I just couldn't believe they had him just be so awful to those Ewoks. I was just really, I was very disappointed that. He was constantly getting in their way and being rude to them and second guessing them and not being polite and just thinking that he knew everything. Like, clearly, you don't know everything. Your sister almost got eaten by a wild giant dog in the forest in the middle of the night because of your stupid plan, kid. Maybe you should, like, start thinking that other people know better. But no. And on this piece of of film that everyone thinks is crap it sure did get you emotionally involved didn't it it did yeah so maybe maybe that's a job well done it, i still think it, it was it was well done <laughs> um for what it was it was well done and the again the ewoks were amazing 
They were great. I love their little family. Deej and Shoda or Sh- oh, Shodu. 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 <laughs> Shodu. I, uh, Yubnub. So I, many Yubnubs. <laughs> I got really uh, interested in Ewokis throughout this. Yeah. You know, I, might, I might have to put the Klingon lessons to the side and uh, work on my Ewokis. <laughs> Acha. Acha. Gunda. Gunda. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it was fun. No, I, I mean, like, I can't I can't stop saying it was a delightful experience. It was fun. I've been wrong all these years. It was it was quite fun. Yeah. And yeah. I, I will probably watch the other ones. I, have I a hope question. that the boy is not in them or in them significantly less or maybe he gets eaten by a monster. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. I know that you typically do not like movies from the 80s because of movie magic and and whatever. That's just in general what you've told me. Apparently, like some of the effects make you uncomfortable. Uh huh. I yep. want to know how this movie that that utilized a lot of these effects, albeit some of them were could have been better. <laughs> how did you? Uh, how did the movie make you feel? Did you experience these sort of things and emotions again, like you would with say the Neverending Story? A little bit, yeah. That claymation giant doggo thing was pretty creepy, but it was also it was just so bad. It was so clearly like just cheap <laughs> like when it, it, the more it moved the worse it looked so i i thought they did really good introducing it with like the close-up of the paws through the forest mm-hmm. and the thumping and that was really good and then once they started showing its whole body it's like ooh, that's real real not good um but yeah there was a little uncomfortable feeling there and it was a little awkward and the, the, the weird thing that came out of the tree and, like <laughs> eating the kid's hand once again like what was he trying to do what was he gonna just <sighs> What an idiot. Every time it comes back to Mace, you're going to scoff. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, one thing I did notice about that tree incident is his right arm was in the tree, yet his left hand was all bruised <laughs> uh-huh. back in the Ewoks' home. It was yeah. kind of fun. It was kind of fun. <laughs> sure do. Uh, okay, so. I, I feel like they really should have tried to, um, like, dress up the animals a little more. Okay. Endorian weasels shouldn't look like earth weasels. No, I, I. There were just too many of them. They were rabbits and chickens and horses and uh, llamas and owls and all kinds of things. It was mice. It was just a bit much. Spiders. Yeah, like they. I don't know. The spider was was well done actually because it didn't look like a normal spider. <laughs> it it had like the, those weird teeth and the claws and the eyes were different. Um. But yeah, like, couldn't they like glued a third eye on that rabbit or something? <laughs> something to make him at least look a little bit alien. Kind of like the Star but Trek no. horn on a dog from yeah. the original series. Yeah, I love that <laughs> shit. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna just, maybe they didn't have enough budget to to dress up the the animals. <laughs> this was not a uh, theater movie. This was a TV movie. Yeah, yeah. I imagine there was basically no budget. They did great with what they had. Yeah, but. What did you think of the Ewok culture and Low Gray and the, the priestess and the ceremonies and such? It was awesome. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of depth to this Ewok culture that you asked me about. And I really, uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, of course, you get the shamans and stuff, the sense of, of, of that sort of spirituality from Return of the Jedi, but it gets explored a little bit more in this, in this film. Mm-hmm. And, I've seen a few episodes of the Ewok television show, and that gets explored more. You were asking about Logray. Um, this is not a continuation of an answer to your question, but I want to comment that uh, his colors were different. Mm-hmm. Logray is kind of beige and whitish, mm-hmm. and he was not in this movie. That kind of yeah, he had some stripes, but they were they were the wrong color yeah. stripes. Okay, look, I'm just I'm just being nitpicky. It's it's fine. <laughs> We're all fine here. The low gray figure that you have, or did he have the same accessories? In he did have the same the same skull hat as from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but this, he, he and, had and his figure. And in this, I think we just answered and asked two different questions at the same time. Huh. But yes, the low gray figure has all the same accessories mm-hmm. that appeared in both Return of the Jedi and Caravan of Courage. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. I think we I think we got it all covered mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I was curious. Yeah. Oh, I loved the brothers and how much they fought and how ridiculous that was. Like, I that's what I laughed at on almost like every single time that they started going at it. 
They straight was, up punched the shit out of each giggling. other. Yeah, <laughs> they, did, they really did. Oh, they were so terrible. But then in the end, like when they made their epic journey, they they behaved really well and were like Deej could count on them to be the older sons. But wow, they really kicked the shit out of each other. That whole movie. I thought it was hilarious. How about the fact that there was a person dressed as an Ewok on the hang glider? Yeah. That was fun. I know, right? Also, how did they get a hang glider that looked like that to actually glide? Like, you got you to, gotta, there's some serious safety issues going on there. Yeah. Well, it's they, impressive. The, there was a big difference between the hang glider that Dee strapped himself in and the one that was actually flying around. You're you're right. Very big, but they they pl- downplayed it quite a bit. It wasn't super noticeable. Like, no. but but yeah, it would, it looked very unsafe. <laughs> My question is, once you find your son's Deej, you land your hang glider. How do you get your hang glider back to the cliff? Why were you and your sons not pushing it back? Hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> well, his sons had been missing for so long, probably, that he just was willing to sacrifice the hang glider. He knew he couldn't, you know, he'd come, if he came back with it, he'd come back without his sons. So that's a sacrifice he was willing to make, I'm sure. Well, I'm okay with that then. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I looked at it. No one else is sitting there thinking about how the hang glider can get back on the cliff. <laughs> it, it doesn't. He, he <laughs> lands and that's it. It stays there. He has to build a new one or make them go back and get it sometime. But he, that probably won't happen. You know, you were talking about all the animals that were in this thing. And, and one thing I noticed about the chickens is that they chose a rather interesting breed of chicken. Uh-huh. They were a little it, strangely feathered and cut those are silkies oh okay those are what real silky chickens look like yeah <laughs> i have silkies in all my story of seasons harvest moon games but I, i've not they're seen... just brown they're just like dark gray brown chickens they don't actually like they're not shaped any different yeah that was but pretty, in real life they are yeah that was pretty fun showing <laughs> that that kentucky knowledge to y'all real quick <laughs> no uh that was that was pretty fun i i enjoyed the whole damn thing it actually made me want to revisit the Ewok television show, hmm. even though I was like, this wasn't for me. You know what else was not for me? This movie was not made for me yet. I enjoyed it. I found mm-hmm. a way to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, Oh yeah. If I was more the target age group, I would have absolutely loved it. And you were as a kid. I was as a kid. And I, I think I was, I just didn't watch it enough or I was maybe a little too young or something. Um, because I would have loved all that Ewok culture. Like mm-hmm. I would have made those feather headdresses and went on my own little caravans and stuff. Well, what are you doing great. this afternoon? <laughs> we can go get some fake feathers. And you know I got some somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go up in the cosplay room and see what we can figure out. <laughs> yeah, I was I was impressed. I love the Ewoks. I love their family. I loved everything that they said the entire time. It was great. So you would see the battle for Endor? Yeah, I'd probably need some drinks so I wouldn't throw anything at Mace on the TV. <laughs> I really hate that kid. He's just... Why does he get to be the good guy? He was not good. He was not good to anyone. I keep coming back to the growth. I mean, that's he's a compelling character for that reason. You have to you have to be extremely awful on the screen for anyone to notice your growth. Because if you're just a a regular old dude that would react normally in that situation and stop like throwing shit around and kicking the Ewoks and saying more medicine, I need more medicine. You you're not gonna notice it, especially a kid. Kid's not gonna pick up on that. I just didn't see any, you know, significant growth in the end. Not really. And I guess we'll see in the next movie. <laughs> I bet it won't be there. I bet he'll be a jerk again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what did you think about the Gorax? It it was pretty cool. It was also well introduced, and then it was kind of okay. It was an interesting design. I really like the big ears and all the like things braided into its hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that every time you see the Gorax on the screen, it's in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So because like, it's showing how big it is, but it like moves more slowly because it's big and makes it seem bigger on the yeah, screen. Yeah. Even though that's not really the case. I like how you see them throwing an axe at full speed and then the Gorax is there and then the axe st- suddenly slows down before. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> notice. Huh. 
They got me on that one. It wasn't meant to be noticed. Right. <laughs> no. Hmm. Okay. So I don't think I can squeeze too much more out about this movie, but I did do a little bit of research before we started recording today. Okay. About just some, some you know, behind the scenes information, maybe a little bit of trivia, just stuff that people may not know about this film. And I don't know if you know about this. I didn't know about most of this stuff. So I definitely I, don't. I figured I might as well share some of this stuff. So here we go. This is the TV movie. It debuted on ABC in November of 1984 as a Sunday night movie. And there were some radio stations that broadcast the audio track at the exact same time so that viewers could experience a stereo effect in their home. Oh, wow. I know, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. How do you sync that up? I'm right? sitting there thinking about that. What is? How do you sync that up in 1984? Like, I'm just sitting there getting anxiety thinking about being that guy that has to push the play buttons on both the... Both broadcast <laughs> at the same time so that the stereo effect is is appropriate. They must have had it like connected so you only push one button and it starts both. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I would like to experience that. Yeah. So we put the TV setting on mono, play that, and then get the Bluetooth speaker going. <laughs> I can get I can rip the audio track from the whole thing. Uh -huh. Or we could just watch it in stereo. Yeah. Why am I doing yeah. this? Yeah, we could just do that. <laughs> but I was thinking at first I thought you were gonna say that they played the audio on the on the radio like by itself. But I'm like, what? Just all those Ewoks? <laughs> that would <laughs> that's be awesome. It? That would be awesome. Uh -huh. See, that's the kind of radio drama I want to listen to. <laughs> Walk life. <laughs> so Bob Carrow, alongside George Lucas, was the writer of Caravan of Courage, and he's also known for writing several episodes of the Ewoks TV series. Uh, he said that the film was meant to be a more exciting and contemporary version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Did you get that? No. Neither did I. <laughs> so you got a little girl with gold locks and a bunch of little bears running around. But besides that, yeah, I'm not no. getting it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so filming took eight weeks, but probably could have been done quicker, right? If it weren't for child labor laws. So they had to accommodate the kids' school schedules. They even had a tutor on site for four hours of study per day. Wow. I mean, how much school did did um, Padme, what is her name, Natalie Portman, have to miss? Like, she wasn't even finished with school when she did episode one. Surely they had tutors and things like that, but I don't know. Do actors, I mean, I always assumed that you're way too busy for school if you're an actor, but you know what? I mean, people work full-time jobs and go to school, so why, why am I thinking yeah. like that? Well, it's different for elementary school children. It's harder to make it up later or to do it in your other time or to do, like, away courses, online courses, even, like, uh, just long-distance courses are just easier for someone who's older. So with elementary school kids... In middle school, yeah, there, there, and there are still very strict rules about how much kids can work and when, and school weeks and days and such. When I was in second grade, my mom took me to England for a month, and all I had to do to make up for all the schooling that I missed was keep a journal and take pictures and make like a little scrapbook for my whole month in England, and I still got credit for one month of schooling. Wow. Yeah. That's because you went to an American school. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, I I, I applaud you for making these kids study. Yeah. That's Eight weeks, two months, four hours a day. You know what I was doing in England? I was in the arcades <laughs> doing the gambling with my two pence. Having a ton of candy. Dude. Hmm. All right. What else you got on your list? So, listeners from when Rick first joined Jam Transmissions likely remember the episode that we did about the little-known Return of the Jedi short film featuring Warwick Davis called Return of the Ewok. Mm -hmm, you remember mm -hmm. watching that? I do. So, what's interesting about the Caravan of Courage is that George Lucas let Warwick and Eric Walker, your favorite actor, Mace, mm -hmm. uh, use a camera. And they filmed a documentary about the making of the Ewok adventure. So this thing never got released publicly. It wasn't even a part of the 2004 DVD release as a bonus feature. 
right? So in 2006, Eric Walker initiated a Kickstarter project for his book, Growing Up in a Galaxy Far, Far Away. And one of the rewards for supporting the Kickstarter was a DVD with the documentary, which still didn't make it any easier to find a copy of this thing. But the good news for all of us here today is that Eric Walker himself has uploaded the making of the Ewok adventure on YouTube. And I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if Rick has seen it yet, but if not, we may want to take a look at it. And at the very least, I'm going to add a link to it in the show notes for you guys to check out. I'm going to encourage all of you guys to share your thoughts with us, not just on that, but also on, you know, the Ewok adventure in some comment link chatter, because it'll probably come up again soon. All right. What else you got? So there's an interview with Eric Walker on StarWarsInterviews1.blogspot.com. <laughs> okay. Love it. From when? Love the URL. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really able to figure out who conducted the interview either. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I tried. So mm-hmm. sorry about that. But he is quoted as saying, While on the set, we asked a producer, Tom Smith, when do the Ewok movies take place? And his answer was 150 years after Return of the Jedi. What? <laughs> I was expecting you to say before or not that many years after. Why is Wicket still a baby? Exactly. So he mentions that Wicket is playing with toy stormtrooper wooden figures with Sindel. And I'm continuing the quote here. He said that this is also why the Ewoks understand English a little bit. So chew on that. Sure. But don't lose too much sleep over that one because Leland Chi said it can't be true because of Wicket looking so young. Yeah. 150 years later. Yeah. So he's no Grogu. No, absolutely not. That would be pretty crazy. So there, it still doesn't really have a place in the canon timeline. Not really. That's debatable. I mean. In my personal opinion, that's debatable. Okay. But I don't know. This is. So I don't understand. It has a place. Just it has not been established. So here's the thing about Leland Chi and his holocron. Right. I don't understand, and Rick would call me a fake fan for this right now, but I don't understand all the different categorizations of canon. They each have like T-canon, C-canon, block canon, stupid canon, not canon. (laughs) What? I made up a couple. (laughs) So C-canon is what this, according to Wikipedia, this is C-canon. Which Star Wars is so complicated that there are different levels of canon, not just canon and not canon. I think G canon is George Lucas canon. I don't like I said before this, I don't understand what separates all of these things and why. Oh, that's way too much to think about. I just like Ewoks. So while I said that's debatable, that's because I got a little more research to do and this may mm-hmm. or may not fucking fit. Right. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Look, I don't know everything. Rick does, and Rick ain't here. (laughs) Throwing cannon out the window. (laughs) Rick ain't here. So I found an article from 2014 on StarWars.com, and it's called Nine Things You Never Knew About the Ewok Adventure. And I'll add a link to that, of course, in the show notes, but I'm going to share two in particular that I thought were kind of cool. The first is actually pretty funny. Mm -hmm. An early working title for the movie was The Ewok Holiday Special. But according to the article, it was changed after the fan and critical response to the Star Wars holiday special was, and I quote from StarWars.com, less than a cheerful. (laughs) So they know. They They, know what's up. They know. Yeah, they do. The other one that I liked was this. And I uh, surely you noticed this because it was very, very clearly different. Eyelids for the sleeping Ewoks had to be created by ILM since the original mask used in Return of the Jedi did not have any. So that's the first appearance mm-hmm. of Ewok eyelids uh, before the Blu-ray release that had them added digitally, mm-hmm. which to this day still creeps me the f*** out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever they showed them sleeping, and in particular, uh, man, the... The woodsman dying at the end, the when their eyes are closed, it's just so unnerving. It was really unfortunate. It was, yeah. it was sad. Sad, but creepy and unnerving. So I'm just not used to ooh, seeing that. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's actually a ton of trivia related to this movie, as well as the construction and the translation of Ewokis, which I am really interested in. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll save that for a time when we discuss the Battle of Endor, because it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, we will. 
All right. Well, you got anything else to say about this movie before we close this one out? I'm still thinking about uh, the linguistics of it, like how the the tiatek tie. What is that word? Now I feel stupid because they said it like a hundred times. Dude, they said so much. I don't. There's a word that they say tiaket that means come here and let's go at the same time. They use it for both situations. It's fascinating. Okay, so while I was reading, IMDb trivia said that it was based on Tibetan. But Wikipedia, or maybe it was Wikipedia, I don't know. They're all <laughs> blending together right now. Uh-huh. Said that it was based on some form of dialect of Russian. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't know. There's more research to be done. There is. That's so, what I'm interested in researching. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that eventually. So, guys, send in all your comlink chatter in Ewokies, <laughs> or we ain't reading it. <laughs> For real. All right, guys. Well, here are some of the ways that you can interact with us. You can follow Jam Transmissions on Twitter at JTComlink, which is where you'll find all the comings and goings of the show. That'll be me tweeting there. My personal account is at Venom, and there's no telling what I'm going to talk about. I've got too many damn hobbies. Um, Eden, you're back temporarily. You already said you're looking for some I will not defer merchandise. I will not defer. So will you please share where people can find you? <laughs> um, I'm at Eden Jean Gray on Twitter temporarily while I scour the internet for merch. And otherwise, you can send us some comlink chatter. And on behalf of Rick, you can find him at Cadbane's Bounty on Twitter. And if you guys want to send us some comlink chatter like Eden say, please direct all of your emails and voicemails to comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at jamtransmissions.com. And we'll read them or play them on the show. And you can help us out by telling your friends about the show so that we can keep building our corner of the community and continue to make this show the positive and listener interactive podcast that we intend it to be. Just tell them to go to jamtransmissions.com or they can find us on most podcatchers and definitely on Podbean, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts. And if anyone wants to find all of those links that we talked about today or any of the articles and news that we mentioned, you can find them all in the show notes. And that is going to be it for our 104th Star Wars Day. We hope you all enjoyed the show today. and We can't wait to hear from you next time. I say this to all of our friends and listeners out there, as well as my co-host, Eden Gray. May the force be with you. Always. Okay.